0: This episode is brought to you by Summer School Electronics. With pedals like the Snow Day Delay, the Pep Rally Fuzz, the Trash Panda, and my personal favorite, the Science Fair, which is two classic dirt pedals in one, with a mid-boosted overdrive on one side, a black lab rat circuit on the other, and a blend knob to blend between them to find the perfect classic stacked dirt sound you're looking for, it's hard not to find something you'll love. Mark builds all of his pedals by hand in Syracuse, New York, where he also works as a full-time educator. In addition to the super fun graphics on their pedals, Mark also offers custom artwork. Want your dog's face on a pedal? He can do it. Want your face on a pedal? He can make that happen too. Go over to SummerschoolElectronics.com and make sure to tell them that 40 Watt Podcast sent you. 40 waters welcome another episode of the podcast i appreciate you hanging out i appreciate you spending your time with us uh super excited about the episode today remember just like at the top of the episode, you can go over to the website 40 watt uh and see all the things you can find all the links you can also find us over on the link tree link slash 40 watt podcast uh and also if you are so inclined you can uh uh help support the show by going over to patreon.com slash 40 watt podcast and uh i will read out the names of all of our patreon supporters every episode and i'll catch you uh you'll catch that here at the end of the episode and I, i appreciate all of you in the meantime we're gonna get started in this episode i'm super excited to have dan pilver from lewitt microphones how are you dan i'm doing fine how are you i'm doing very well very well um uh, Thanks for you having know. Me. Besides the camera failing at the beginning of this episode, <laughs> I, I don't mind letting people see behind the curtain, y'all. We hit record and immediately my camera died. Apparently, my battery had not charged like I thought it had. So, uh, we we figured it out. It's okay. I have a backup plan. This is how this works. You got to have backups on your backups. Uh, so, Dan, you and I got introduced a little while back from a mutual friend, and uh, we started talking. Wanted to get on get uh, Lewitt on the show, and it's been interesting because. Since we started talking, there's been some major um, events in the life of Lewitt microphones uh, since we, you know, the beginning. Um, Before we started talking, uh, y'all weren't in Sweetwater. Now you're in Sweetwater. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was a major thing. We talked about that a whole bunch. So we're going to we're going to definitely talk about the microphones uh, but first things first, let's talk about you, who you are, how you got into, I know you're a guitar player, I know you're a performer, I see your live posts. Uh, how'd you get into music? How'd you find your way to Lewitt Microphones? <clears throat> well,
1: so, yeah, man, when I was a kid, I always wanted to be the, uh, yeah, the famous guitar player on stage, right? like oh, sure. All the girls. So, um, yeah, I mean, when I was in middle school, I started playing guitar, and then... I found that you could get in a band more easily if you play bass. So I did that <laughs> for a while. I still do sometimes. I have a couple of bases behind me, but uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I went to university. I went to university of Connecticut and during my time in uh, in college, actually in high school, I worked for a small independent shop guitar shop around, around here. Uh, and I moved back to Connecticut. So that's where I live now. Um, but yeah, I worked for a small independent shop and then I, uh, after I graduated high school. I went to work at uh, a GC. I stayed there for like eight years. Um, <clears throat> you know, it was it was fun. It was the most fun I ever had in a job at the time. <laughs> it was it, it was fun, man. You know, you work uh, some long hours, and you just sell people instruments and make them really happy. And then you have time to go out to the bar afterwards or play with your friends. And you know, I was yeah. playing in bands around the Hartford area, and stuff It was super cool. Um, and then you know, after I finished school. Uh, I wasn't really hundred percent sure what I wanted to do, so um, I got approached by Gibson Guitars. If no one's familiar, a guitar company based in Nashville. Oh, yes, this tiny so, little company based out of Nashville. Yeah, it's a boutique builder. Um, <clears throat> yeah. yeah, So uh, I was the product specialist for Gibson for New England, New York, and Canada for uh, about six years, and then I did a brief stint at In Music in Rhode Island. Um. Working for Denon, Marantz, and Rain. and then I spent the last four years and change at Isotope, which is a software developer in Boston who make awesome audio software for music production, post production, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, yeah, in fact,
0: uh, every every listener of this podcast has listened to Isotope uh, Mastering Suite,
1: the uh, Ozone Suite, because I run every episode through it. Tell how much Philip likes it because I don't. I'm not paying him to say this. I don't work there anymore. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> yeah. Hey,
0: I I genuinely love that suite because it is uh, super easy to use, and uh, I don't have to be an expert to make it sound pretty decent.
1: Yeah, and that's the great thing about a lot of stuff nowadays. And we can unpack this quite a, a little bit more, uh, you know, as oh, we yeah. as we kind of go because there's a lot of um, similar ethos with some of these newer. I, I say newer. Nice stuff have been around for 20 years, but there's a lot of um, similarities <laughs> between. Uh, Lewitt and you know some of these other companies like Isotope and, and some others. So, um, but yeah, uh, this year, uh, Lewitt, uh, approached me about, um, have opening up, uh, Lewitt in the US as a own US enterprise. So they're still based in Vienna, but we have a, a team okay. here called Lewitt Inc. And I, uh, I run that. So I'm the director of sales and marketing. So I've got a team of two salespeople and some marketing guys. Um, some guys are based in Boston. I got, uh, one of them in Nashville, Nashville area, and then someone in Texas. So, and as we, as Lewitt grows, which it's growing, one of the fastest growing my companies in the world right now, which is pretty sweet for me. It's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as we grow, obviously we'll add to our team. We'll have more of a presence everywhere. So, yeah. No, it's fantastic.
0: I, so I, Actually, first became aware of Lewitt microphones actually through the guys over at Sixty Cycle Hum. Uh, You know they they used them for a little while there, and for a while I saw the the logo on the microphone, had no idea what it was, never even asked, like it was never a thing. And then one episode they mentioned it, I was like, oh, okay, that's what that is. And so then when uh, uh, Patreon supporter of the show Kyle brought up Lewitt and uh, brought up your name. He, I was like oh yeah that'd be rad let's let's get them on let's let's you know talk about this thing cuz a long time ago yes this is a guitar centric podcast um but it's it's definitely not just hey you how much do you love burst guitars like you like you like 58 to 60 Pauls? yes we all do they're heavy they're okay they're fine i've played a, handful, a half dozen of them they're great um but i want to talk about more but the more than that and uh, microphones are an area that is super fascinating to me because I, you know, I went through audio engineering school, um, I, I half-assed audio engineering school. Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't, I make no bones about it. I was there to be a music major and doing a interdisciplinary degree in music and audio engineering was the only way I was getting that degree at that school because they did not have a BA in music track for a guitarist. So I was like, eh, this will work. This gets me in the door to, to you know, play guitar and all the ensembles that have guitar and take music theory. But I did learn a ton about microphones and outboard gear and and a bunch of stuff that I barely ever use anymore. But the microphone market is an interesting place. There was always this idea that I think uh, in in our conversations leading up to this episode, I think I even mentioned it was like there are more mics out there than Neumann, Royer, Shure. And uh telefunken, like you know what I mean. There's, there's more out there than yep. I don't. I think I don't remember if I even said telefunken. I may mean, have said a different one. No, but, you did. Yeah, and so it's it it's been cool to see this new crop of of uh, of technology come out that's that's pushing the envelope and doing something different. And the the thing that got me where I knew I wanted you to have on the show when you started talking about. Lewitt microphones is you don't compare them to other microphones, and that's that's mm-hmm. that's that's becoming that's an ethos of the company. You're not trying sure. to rebuild the four fourteen, right? You're not trying to rebuild the U forty seven. You're trying to be a new mic company making something new. What's that been like? How hard is that challenge?
1: Um, you know, it's it's always a challenge to get people to pay attention to something if it's unfamiliar to them. Um, the nice thing with with mics, is you know, like there are, there are certain constraints when it comes to their appearance and stuff. Where you know, nothing is super alienating, right? So, like when you go, yeah, you know, one of the <clears throat> one of my favorite things to compare mics to. So, you like you go to any like full featured music store, something that has pro audio and keyboards and drums. Um, you know, if you look at a full music shop like a department store like a Macy's or Bloomingdale's or Nordstrom or something. You know, Mike's are really probably the closest thing you can get to the jewelry section, right? Cause they're, <laughs> they're a little bit smaller, you know, and they're, they're yeah. visually striking, you know, they're silver and black and Chrome and gold. Sometimes a lot of them have gold grills. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, they're, they're, and they're smaller. They take up less space and they're usually presented in a way. Sometimes they're in a glass case and sometimes they're on a planogram where, you can demo stuff. So, it's it's the jewelry of the music store, right? Yeah. Um and it's one of those things where you can it's it's a lot like guitar pedals where you can have 10, 20, 30 different mics and they all have a different they'll do a little bit different thing. Um <clears throat> and and one of the things that I really like about what we do is yeah, we we don't lean on on classic design, classic manufacturing, right? Like if somebody were to so, if someone were to, you know, uh, sell you a car, you know, uh, oh well, this this one doesn't have airbags. It's got a three-speed manual transmission, and it's carbureted. So, you know, good luck in the winter time. Maybe not so much in, in Mississippi, but up here in New England, <laughs> good luck in the winter time. Um, yeah, it's rough in that sixty-degree winter down here in Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, no, but like, you know, when when you look at at <clears throat> These, you know, classic things like, you know, CRT televisions. No one's going to pay top dollar for those. Nobody really wants them because they're bulky. There's a great place for classic cars and, you know, vintage instruments and stuff. And there's a great place for vintage microphones. Um, <clears throat> it doesn't, need, doesn't mean that you need to um, recreate that note for note, right? Like I, I wouldn't want to buy... Uh, a, an economy car made to the same standards of like a, you know, a six, a six cylinder Chevy Nova or something, you know, I want it to be comfortable. I want it to be safe and reliable. Right. And, you know, as technology and time goes on, technology gets better and better and better. Manufacturing methods become more efficient, easier to manage, easier mm-hmm. to automate. <clears throat> you have more consistent results and stuff, you know, like one U 47 from the sixties is going to sound totally different than another one made on the same line, maybe even in the same day. So you get more consistency. Um, But, you know, those things were classics and they're classics now um, because they were really pushing the envelope back then. You know, it was something that was totally different, new radical design, you know, something that really kind of stretched beyond, you know, what was conventional at the time. And they cemented themselves as classics. Um, And it's hard to do that now when you're looking back on the past, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, because if you're just making either a copy or an iteration of something classic, you're not really moving anything forward. And there are so many wonderful, um, advancements in, in technology manufacturing that are at your disposal. You can make better quality products that kind of do push things forward for a lot less money, a lot less time. Um, and and you can be way more consistent with it and that's you know that's why this is like our model T moment right we we've we've automated stuff that that was impossible to do 30 40 years ago
0: yeah i it's interesting and it's one of those things it's like we hold on to these traditions i was listening to actually there was a, a Rhett Scholl put a video out today he's
2: great.
0: Um, yeah he put he put out a video on his po- on his channel that's he, Rick Beato, um, the guy at Dojo Guitar Repair, uh, whose name is escaping me right now, and Keith from Five Hot World, and they were discussing vintage guitars, and they're like, are vintage guitars still going to be valuable when all the boomers are gone, was the conversation, the essential, the essence of the conversation, and it's like, are those things that are classics now that we put all this stock into, it's funny because they talked about cars too, um. That all these things that are classics now are they still going to be the things that are of interest later? And I think yes. That we're not here to mm-hmm. have that really have that conversation, but there's also, you know, you look at the things that are considered the most valuable, and I'm going to say some things that are going to piss some people off, so get ready, y'all. Um, and I think I've said some of this on this podcast before. Um, the things we revere, the '50s, Les Pauls, the. Um, you know, fifties and sixties Strats and Telecasters, the some of the fifties and sixties Gretches, those kinds of things. Fender and Gibson are making better guitars today than they ever did in the 50s oh hundred sixties. Yeah, 100%. but we I don't revere Gibson. them because they're new. That you know, yeah. it's like just because it's old and vintage, and yes, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, someone classic that you really admire used that to make the make music, to do the thing. It doesn't mean that's the only way to do it and that you have to do it that way. And that you can't get that vibe on a new piece of gear. You don't have to go to that older thing to, to recreate. I don't know, to get that quality of result. And it's, you see it in guitars, especially we're so reluctant to, to embrace new designs and to, to embrace new concepts Uh, You see it in guitar (coughs) effects uh, pedals. I mean, Mm -hmm. Wampler just put out a new Tube Screamer last week. You know what I mean? Oh, wait. And so did Origin FX. And so did, you know, it's one of those things. It's like we we don't quite, we're we're slow to want to change. And that's that's very.
1: We'll be right back.
0: This podcast is supported in part by Stringjoy Strings. I'm a snob. At least that's what people tell me. I'm never okay with good enough. And that's where Stringjoy Strings come in. They're better than good enough. They're the best. Stringjoy are making some of the finest strings available today right up the road from me in Nashville, Tennessee. They offer custom sets, balanced tension, coated strings, the works. If you need it, they can probably make it happen. You should be using Stringjoy Strings, and if you're going to order from them, you really could help this podcast out by clicking the affiliate link down in the description or show notes below. You get amazing strings. I get a little bit of that back to help the show keep going. It's a win-win situation. Get your Stringjoy Strings today.
1: Humans are resistant to change, you know, it's yes. a human thing, right? Um it's funny you say that though, because it's, I mean, it's a hundred percent true. Like w- when I worked for Gibson, um, you know, they started doing the collector's choice reissue guitars. Mm-hmm. So when you look at, and I'm going to go into guitar speak for a little bit. Uh, so when you go look at, um, at the historic reissues, like if you just pull a regular 59 and, you know, an R8, R9, RO off the rack, I mean, it's basically an, a, a, a mean, um, set of measurements from a variety of instruments that they they would acquire right. and and measure you know whether it's the the just the feel of the profile of the neck the average weight the grade of the top that kind of stuff they would essentially just take an average um <clears throat> and and you know basically make a really good approximation of a 58 or 59 and then you have the collector's choice ones which were analyzed by um, the custom shop and and it would be Specifically, um, recreated for one specific guitar, right? So I remember the best, um, the best example of that was I was at Music messa in 2014 in Frankfurt, mm-hmm. Germany, and <clears throat> they had just released or they just announced the the Dutch Burst, which was a 1960 Les Paul it was owned by a, a Dutch collector, and he was there at the show, um, <clears throat> and they brought over. The reissue and i played it. it was fabulous um and then i played the original and i was just like i mean it was in terms of sound it was indistinguishable it didn't sound any different but the i would take the reissue all day long because it just played better it played better it felt more substantial yep. um it just felt like something i would want to play for hours probably sitting down because i don't like les balls um, <laughs> they're heavy man i don't own a les ball i worked for gibson for six years i don't Paul. I, I don't own um, one anymore but yeah yeah i had a few but like a, i i'll have a firebird i've got a 335 behind me SG. actually i do it it's not true i do own a les ball i have a junior so it's half a les ball <laughs> but, um yeah um it's it's one of those things where like yeah a hundred percent technology is made the quality of instruments better i mean when i first started playing electric guitar when i was like seventh grade we're getting a squire strat and it was at its absolute best it was mediocre and then now you pull down a four hundred dollar squire off the wall of any music store and it blows away half the stuff you could get for a thousand bucks 20 years ago yep unbelievably good just you know unreal um and same thing with epiphone you know I remember we used to say, "Oh, the, the the when I was working at the music store, you know, people make great guitars for the money." Bullshit. Yeah, not. <laughs> they anymore. make great guitars. Period. They're yep. great. I, I i bought I bought a Riviera, uh, one of the new reissues uh, last year. It's it's awesome. It's like great mini humbuckers. It Sounds good. Like it it, it feels great. You know the the uh, just the overall look of it. it's like period correct the inlays are the right and the right orientation now they didn't used to be. So, yeah, I mean, they do some really phenomenal stuff for under a thousand bucks. There's never been a better time to buy an instrument than right now. And that'll be the case for, you know, for the foreseeable future. Right now will always be the best time to buy something new. Yeah. I uh, last year I bought one of the Epiphone Firebird's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and
0: I, I've since moved it cause I, I did a whole lot of decluttering only to reclutter my life, my gear life this year. Cause you know, mm-hmm. that's what we do. Um, oh, yeah. but I, uh, I gigged that thing and I loved that guitar and for sure. $550, I bought an instrument that stacked up against anything else I played to put it this way. When I, the, the gigs, I took it out. I took out my Novo and my Novo Series J and my Epiphone Firebird for a couple of gigs and did not feel like I was sacrificing anything on the songs that I picked up the firebird.
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: It, it you know, it, it was a great instrument and we're talking 550 bucks for, for a solid, super solid guitar. And that extends and to, to bring it back around that is not just guitars. Of course, that's what I'm you know most familiar with, but we're seeing yeah. the best of everything that's out mm-hmm. there today. We're, and the most variety of things out there um microphones it it when i was in when i was in music school and and we would talk microphones you talked uh f- i said them at the top 414 U47 U87 uh, you you know you talked your MD421 your SM57 for your you know your dynamic mics and of course the the venerable Royer 121 um you know and and it was almost like those were the only mics that existed and And for a long time, they almost were, you know, that it isn't like the selection. There was more than that, but now we have so many options. I watch, um, actually, uh, Andrew masters. I've watched a whole bunch of his videos. I was watching one of his earlier today, Andrew masters, uh, uh, studio tours. And, and I actually think he's done some stuff with some Lewitt microphones as well. And I get really impressed with his studio tours and, it's great to see some of these studios that have like the classic gear, the really classic stuff. And you see a few that's got like, Oh, uh, they've got a legit LA two a, or Oh, I think mm-hmm. one today had like an LA three, a just sitting on the floor. Like I've yeah. never even seen an LA three. A, um, uh, is it you know, better? Or, 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 yeah. Original eleven seventy sixes and Neve consoles and yeah. yada, yada, yada. What I really love to see are these guys out there making incredible music with, warm audio, with Lua mm-hmm. microphones, with, you know, new stuff, because they're not so tied to the tradition of, oh, it's got to be this. Sure. Uh, and and I like that y'all are embracing that. Like, you you want to be this new voice.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's, <clears throat> there's a place for, you know, classic reissues that are more affordable, like warm, you know, they make some mm-hmm. really great stuff. Um, telefunken obviously if you're going to go higher end, which is in my backyard living in Connecticut. they're right down the street and uh i have pl- i have a few friends who work there they're a great company they make some really amazing stuff and you know it's probably the most accurate recreation of a u forty seven or an elam two fifty one you can get period like there's yeah. i mean i personally and this is <laughs> this is my my own personal opinion yeah divorced from Lewitt here um I think that their c twelve is Better than the the actual AKG brand. Every issue, it like it's, just, oh, wow. it's <laughs> it sounds better. Um, you know, and you pay a price for it. It's you know, their yeah. their high end stuff is like ten grand. But um, you know, they make some really cool. They make some really cool things at a lower price point too. That um, they're they're not reissues or anything. They're like classic classic designs, classic style circuits. Um, and there's a piece for all of that. You know, I, I, I have, I have a few Telefunken mics myself. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there that's really cool, really compelling. Um, and you know, would, would complete anyone's mic locker, uh, in uh, a very nice way. Um, but the thing is like a lot of it is, is redundant, right? Everybody Mm -hmm. wants a 47 or an 87 or a 414 or, yeah, everyone has some sort of approximation of that. And does the world need another one? No, no, uh, not, absolutely not. <laughs> um, so we go for stuff that's different. It pushes uh, different boundaries of, you know, what microphones can do. Um, you know, we have some really interesting stuff that have really cool features, you know, uh, that we launched the LCT 1040, which is our flagship microphone this year, which has, um, you know, four completely distinct all analog tube settings. It's a tube mic. Yeah. Right. And and yep. we're, we're, we still like classic sounds, but you can get a classic sound with a modern design and with modern manufacturing and tech. So, <clears throat> you know, the, the 1040, you have, a clear setting, a warm setting, um, a dark setting, and a saturated setting, and they're not meant to sound like any particular mic uh, that exists already. It's just it's something that's totally tunable. You can blend in a crystal clear uh, FET circuit into the tube circuit, or you can go all FET, which obviously takes away the tube settings. But um, right, you know, you, you can totally sweep that from from all FET to all tube. I mean, personally, for me, I like using the ten forty in saturated mode and get all those, like, really rich harmonic overtones. And then I just add in a little bit of the FET to kind of brighten up the top end and make it really kind of sparkle through. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, it has, it has a uh, uh, the power supply. With, like, most tube mics, you can control the polar pattern settings. And we have, it's right. a multi-pattern mics of co- mic, of course. So it, it's got the um, directional cardioid, wide cardioid, super cardioid, figure eight, um, and, you know, iterations in between. Um, the top of the of the power supply comes off and you can connect via an XLR to make it a remote. You know? So you can keep oh. the power supply in your control room. Or so you can keep the remote for the mic in your control room, but keep the mic and the power supply in in a vocal booth and you don't have to go back and forth or or rely on an artist to make the adjustments for you. I didn't so, even so see the- that feature. Yeah, it's really That's cool. so cool. Yeah. Um, actually, my friend Jeff, who runs Manchester Music, which is a great YouTube channel, he just did a complete yeah. rundown on it. I l- released it today on YouTube. So you should go check that out. Yeah, uh, I'll go check that one out. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, he's a good friend of mine. So um, yeah, no, it, it's really cool stuff. And um, you know, the, everything is built and designed with purpose or over-engineered. Um, <clears throat> and because we use a lot of ma- modern manufacturing techniques um, you get some advantages of that, obviously, the cost goes way down because not you know stuff isn't being hand soldered by you know four people in a dimly lit room in in Austria yeah. <laughs> somewhere it's all um you know, everything's automated right so you get way more consistency um and one of the things that we do with uh with a lot of our microphones is we have what we call perfect match and um basically the tolerances we have are so tight that if you bought um you know a and let's say an LCT 540S, which is our um kind of our middle high-end um solid state mic. It goes for about 699 US. Um it has the lowest self-noise out of any mic available today. We actually had to develop new testing equipment just to measure its self-noise. So if you oh, want wow. something that's like made for like a lot of processing, or if you just want super crystal clear sound for like a, like a piano overhead, or, or or you're doing a lot of voiceover work, it's a great mic for that. Um, but if you bought one of those now, and then you waited five or six years, and you bought another one, it would still be a perfectly matched pair. Um, you, that's why we don't sell any of our mics other than our two small diaphragm condensers, the LCT 040 and LCT 140 air as matched pairs, because it's... You, could, you can buy one now. You it's can buy it's one not eight Years needed. from now. It's, yeah, it's completely unnecessary, um, which is really, you know, I, I'm proud of that. It's something that I, I I, think is, you know, really forward thinking. And uh, <clears throat> one of the core beliefs that I have, and this is coming from, you know, my last couple of jobs, uh, you know, music has just become so much more democratized. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you can get good quality recordings without having to book expensive studio time. Um, and, you know, as things progress further and further, stuff like technical expertise and like, you know, gatekeeping, that kind of information from people, um, uh, becomes more and more removed as a barrier. And so what's next is cost, right? So if you can't swing a matched pair of microphones for, you know, 14, $1, 16, $1,800, you can buy one now and you can buy one later on and you'll still get the same you know level of quality. Um. But yeah. yeah, no, it, it's very cool.
0: Yeah. And so looking at that, I'm glad you touched on cost because that's a, that's a big deal. Microphones. Mm-hmm. And so when I first got started, I had, um, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, uh, engineering school, audio engineering school. I bought an interface. I had, uh, M audio Box. It was great. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, back in the day, firewire. Oh yeah. That, that super high tech <laughs> firewire. um, And I needed microphones. So I bought this set because it was affordable. The AKG C1000 and C3000. They came as a matched set, which is an odd thing to match, a large and a small diaphragm condenser. And I don't remember what I paid for it, but it it was, it was a lot to a college student, but it, you Mm -hmm. know, it wasn't that much as far as microphones go. And I'm going to be honest, those mics were not great. They just weren't. Uh, the, the C-1000 especially, I had nothing but problems with. Uh, I, not knocking AKG, they're a great company, they make some great products, but that one I had a lot of problems with. Uh, and the 3000 was fine, it picked up audio and recorded it, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't fantastic, Uh but you know, looking at, for example, the 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 mic I'm using now uh, for for listeners who can't who aren't watching the video, this, this is a Lewitt uh, LCT four forty pure. Um, it's a two hundred and ninety dollar microphone, two hundred seventy dollar microphone, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is this microphone. I, I was telling you, I did some when it came in. I, I did some you know just test line recording and trying to see what I sounds I like can get out of it, see what it sounded like uh, in in Logic. And I'm in Mississippi and uh, uh, AC is on all the time. I was worried about AC noise and I was worried about um, t- the tone of my voice because y'all, you don't have to tell me. I know I've got this like annoying nasal upper register that I hate um, and a microphone uh, that picks up that and I don't hate it like as much. I hate my voice. I, I'm sure everybody else deals with this too. I hate the sound of my own voice. Um so I listened to those things, and then i i I got this great, clear sound that I never got with the three thousand, the the C three thousand by AKG. the The C three thousand always sounded like I was speaking through a moving blanket. Um, it was just dull. I I, I don't know how to describe it best, but it's like the difference between. I uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna try. Y'all know what I mean. It's just doled out. It's like an old penny compared to like a brand new uncirculated penny. And and like I we use all these catchphrases in in music. It was oh clarity, uh, presence, uh, airiness, or you know all these things. But y'all know what I mean. And I didn't get that with this. And this is for less than some pedals today. You know, mm-hmm. uh, this is this is less than uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something super affordable. Uh, that, that you know microphones microphones are typically expensive what what's the uh, SM58 now 130 about 100 yeah 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 something like that i don't know of another uh, small diaphragm 1 inch diaphragm condenser at this price point that sounds this good and that i appreciate it no well no i and i i'm a little out of the game microphone mm-hmm. game i'm getting back into it now but I remember looking back when I was in school and then after trying to find something I could afford because I knew I couldn't drop a uh, thousand, two thousand, five thousand dollars on a really good large diaphragm condenser microphone. They're very expensive to get good. And suddenly, not only are guitars, like you said, with Squire, you can pick a Squire, $400 Squire off the rack, and it's better than almost any guitar I played in the early 2000s because i was playing what i could afford back then sure um uh you can pick up this microphone and it's better than any i'll be honest better than anything i got to use uh as a student uh while i was at delta state because they just now it was a new program when i started there so they didn't have like the biggest mic locker ever uh now at mtsu they had tons of things that I don't don't want to talk about those Um, because I never got in the studios there. That's a whole other rant about the, the (laughs) studio program at MTSU. But I think the cost efficiency today um, has changed the game, that that democratization of music. Mm -hmm. That's what's happened. The, the price gatekeeping is gone. It's so much easier now for a thousand bucks. Or less, you can get, actually way less, you can get a very good interface, you can sure. use uh, GarageBand or Audacity, and get a good microphone,
1: and you can make great recordings. Hell yeah, man. I mean, geez, look at Logic, right? So Logic yeah. being the, the big brother to GarageBand, it's what I use personally, right? When yeah, you when you look at Logic, I mean, I remember back in the day, you could buy it in a store, it was before the app store existed. <laughs> Back in my day, you know, um, so uh, it, yeah, it was a thousand bucks, and now I can go on the App Store and pay one ninety nine for Logic, and I get uh, a, a tremendously powerful tool with tons of plugins and guitar amp models and virtual instruments and stuff. It's so accessible now, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take this <laughs> opportunity to plug this particular mic. Cause we're using the same one. Um, yeah, I, I love this mic in particular. I have, I have a couple favorites that we make. Um, this is one of them and it's my everyday mic, right? Um, yeah. so this is the LCT 440 pure. It's our, our best seller, like our greatest hit, right? Uh, it goes for, at the moment it goes for 269, um, pretty much everywhere. Um, it comes with a shock mount, it comes with a pop filter and the pop filter is magnetic, Right. So yeah. you're using the foam windscreen that it comes with, uh-huh. which kind of softens things up a bit. But, you know, I record a lot of acoustic guitar in my chair here, and this boom arm is really long. So it just, you know, slides on. I could turn this thing upside down. It wouldn't move. Um, yeah, but, I put the yeah, foam I mean, on it
0: because I I am genuinely a loud individual, and so anything to soften things a little bit helps for me.
1: Uh, right also,
0: <laughs> also,
1: AC. I'm running AC. Sure. I wanted to make doubly make sure that it didn't pick it up. Yeah, I, I'm pretty soft-spoken, so I just <laughs> use this. Um, but yeah, so this is just, I mean, it's real basic, right? thats It's called the Pure for a reason, because it's just a mm-hmm. pure con- large diaphragm condenser. So you have no pad control, no um, high-pass filter. It's just you plug it in, add phantom power, you know, and, and go. Um, so... Um, I'm glad you favorably compared it to a lot of, a lot of other things. Uh, there's a great video floating around on YouTube right now by by a, uh, an influencer who does a lot of um, voiceover and you know uh, like podcast how-tos, that kind of stuff, a lot of reviews yeah. of gear. And one of the standards for voiceover work is the TLM 103 from Neumann. And it's oh, a fantastic yeah. microphone. Like It's been out for a long time. Marcel knows when I was 18 years old at, the, at GC. Um, and you, you still know, they go see them with, all over yeah, the place. Yeah, of course. Place yeah absolutely it's it's still immensely popular and you know it with the shock mount and the shock mount's enormous it comes uh goes it, it doesn't come i don't think it comes with it now but um yeah it's like thirteen fourteen hundred bucks something like that um it doesn't come with a pop filter but it's it's you know three four times the price of one of these right yeah and when the the guy did a side-by-side comparison test he's like it's the difference is negligible the Lure, if anything has the Lure has a little more presence a little more top end and if you don't like that top end it's very easy to simply eq it to make it sound identical and that's right. you know that's a 1300 hundred dollar microphone let's just say it's 1300 bucks yeah. because i don't feel like looking that up it's somewhere I, in that neighborhood I did, with real the quick
0: shoppers. it's a it is actually going for 1200 right now but yeah
1: okay gotcha cool um yeah yeah, and then I, I
0: think I found the thousand dollar difference, though, or the the nine hundred dollar difference. It comes in a wood box. Come on, guys, you guys can ship in a wood box, right? Fancy well, wood if box. anybody wants
1: to pay me a thousand dollars, I will gladly make them a nice wood box. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then you have to get something like a pop filter, right? So I have a Studman here. This is actually the pop filter I prefer to use if I'm going to use a pop filter with it. Doesn't. Come attached to a mic, sure. And these are great, but like you know, you add one of these onto a boom, and that's in front of your face. And <clears throat> you know, we make these intentionally very compact um, because there's the lines. And we going back to the whole democratization of music and stuff. Now, um, you know, we look at things like you know, is it camera friendly? This is a compact design. The pop filter is the size of the ca- of you know the the grill yeah. of the mic to make it much more camera friendly. Because so many recording artists nowadays are also content creators. They promote themselves. They do live streams. They do podcasts. You have a bunch of Absolutely. guitars behind you. You're a musician. What are we doing right now, right? So this you're on it. camera. This is it. So why not have a great mic that doesn't have a bunch of uh, obtrusive accoutrements to it to obscure your visage, right? <laughs> so... Um, you know, and that's I always have this off yeah. axis, um, <clears throat> so yeah. I mean, it it it's less visually distracting, um, and you know the camera the camera friendliness of it is absolutely by design because we want people to, you know, to have a good a good experience recording whether it's on camera or if it's in a recording studio. And you know, I know people who who do it for a living. They you know they're audio engineers, tracking engineers, and they swear by this. Two hundred and sixty nine dollar microphone. Uh, yeah. It's like a great all rounder. It's like a Swiss Army knife. Something's not fitting the bill. Now throw uh, LCT four hundred and forty pure on it, and it'll probably sound you know usable, if not pretty damn good, right? Yeah. So you you mentioned that that upper
0: end, a uh, little bit of sparkle, clarity, mm-hmm. air, whatever. I once I once saw a chart where someone tried to chart out the frequencies for all of these descriptors. I'm like. That mm-hmm. chart does me no good. I make these terms up as I go. um sure same here so but that that's what I mean when I was talking about that nasziliness of my voice that part of my voice some microphones take it and decide that is all of my voice it's like when you go to the character <laughs> caricature artist uh, when you're at the you know you're on vacation and you stop and there's the guy doing all the the portrait caricatures and they find that one feature of yours it's my nose y'all don't have to say anything I know um that they they over accentuate that peak in my voice is the thing that every microphone likes to take and run with it and so anytime I find a microphone that can take that peak and doesn't like just jab it right back into my ear, I know I'm onto something, at least for sure. me. You know, I can only speak for me. I don't run a commercial studio where I've where I've had a chance to put this microphone on, you know, a half dozen, dozen different artists' voices or instruments or stuff. I can only tell you what works for me. And I really appreciate that sound. But I also think that upper top end, you mentioned acoustic guitars. That was the first thing I thought when I, when I listened to back to this microphone. It's like, I can't wait to try this on acoustic guitar. Cause I think it's going to sound really, really good, especially on my, uh, I have a, a D 5 That's a, you know, full body dreadnought. I think mm-hmm. that's this mic will capture that guitar better than any mic I've tried because most, most mics make that thing just sound like. It, it starts to sound like this, like, you know, sure. the, the <laughs> nightclub that you're hearing from the outside. Um, so I'm really excited to do that, but yeah, it, that's, you know, you find mics that just work and do the job. Um, and like you said, there's no extra switches. There's no extra nothing on it. You know, you you plug it in, phantom power, you go. And mm-hmm. I love that. I don't want to have to mess with stuff. Just, just give me simple. As I've gotten older and and maybe, you know, a little more uh, crotchety, I want less features. I just want the thing to do the thing. And, sure. and
1: like, I just want simplicity. Yeah, uh, and <clears throat> you know, there's, there's, we make something for everybody. You know, with respect yeah. to that, like this is as simple as it gets. But it, you, you know, with the LCT 1040, the
0: uh, 1040, you can, is you
1: can really incredible. You no, know, you can really dial something in like that. You know, there's, yeah. there's, uh, the the usability and versatility is endless. You know, we also make one I really like too. Probably my other favorite uh, large diaphragm that we make is the um, LCT uh, 640 TS which is really cool. Mm-hmm. It's been out for a few years. Uh, we, I think we were the first to come to market with something like this. There have been a couple of copies, um, or I want not say copies. There have been uh, <laughs> several manufacturers that make something uh, that have a similar feature set. That's a nicer way of saying it, right?
0: There you go. Yeah, um, yeah That's much more <laughs> polite
1: yeah which is unusual for me cuz some it's kind of some other makers were inspired by the design yeah no yeah so somebody found their muse in in a sound <laughs> on sound review uh, so um this one is really co- really cool cuz it's a you know it's a multi-pattern mic um and mm-hmm. we we have some pretty cool stuff that we we load into this it has um uh, a clipping history so say you're you know you're recording drum overheads or electric guitar cab or something that has a really high SPL. Um, If you clip the mic, it'll show that you did it so you don't have to spend all of your time tracking. Say you're doing something for hours on end. If you see that Uh, red light, okay, stop. Let's redo it and move it further away or bring the level down. So that's kind of cool, knowing when you clipped something, right? Um, You have four settings for high-pass filter, four settings for pad, so you can really kind of fine tune it um yeah four meaning three and then flat right Right, um, right. right. <clears throat> yeah and you have you know your standard omnidirectional wide cardioid cardioid super cardioid and figure eight yep. which is pretty cool but there's also something that's a little bit different um so it's a dual capsule and both sides of the of the capsule um can pick up at the same time a cardioid pattern. And there's a little tiny mini XLR output on the side. Pops, the little button pops off of it, and you hook up a second XLR cable. Um, It it comes with a small adapter. And you can run in true stereo. So say I wanted to record uh, the overhead of a piano or do drum overheads. I can take that mic and put it on its side just like this and uh, get a really Nice stereo signal out of a single source, get a true and it's true stereo. So, um, it's not like you know, software stereo imaging, and it does come with a software plugin where if you run both capsules, you can actually adjust the polar pattern as a plugin after the fact, which is really cool. So, say I wanted to record my acoustic guitar or you know, my um, bluegrass quartet or something and have it dead center, I can you know, change the polar pattern or what you perceive to be the polar pattern with this plugin that it comes with. Um, you know, that, that gets out in the weeds a little bit, you know, uh, but yeah. just being able to record something in stereo, you know, with a nice acoustic guitar, I get some, you know, if I'm like the room I'm in, I get some really cool room, ambient noise sounds from that. And then I get the the nice pickup of basically like AB miking uh, an acoustic guitar. I've yeah, got, I'm primarily an acoustic guitar player. Uh, with the groups I play with now. So, <clears throat> you know, it's been really nice for me. And I have some nice spaces in my house. So uh, getting some of that, the characteristics of the room, mixed with the acoustic guitar setting, it's really, really cool. And, you know, that wasn't something that was on anybody's radar in the 60s. You're not going to get that with the U47 or no. U87. So maybe well, the U207 what... 10 years from now, but <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> well, it's... the I see. I didn't know that feature set on the 640. So that's really, really fascinating. Cool. To be able to do that stereo thing, um, especially in the context of you know we see a lot of content creators online, mm-hmm. and we're seeing we're seeing more and more complex setups for YouTubers and content creators. Sure. Um, uh, just referencing, you know, that pedal show. If you watch any of the shows where they talk about their setup and what they go through to get the audio that they get. It's it's a wild setup. And one of the things they do is they close mic amps, uh, but they also do a mid side in the room to capture the sound of the room and mix that in. Mm -hmm. Well, suddenly you've got a microphone that you can capture room stereo and and get a stereo image of the room sound in one microphone. And that's really that's really kind of an incredible thing. Yeah. Uh, I love seeing technology like that. And and i had to look it up while you were talking uh, cuz you know that's what i do i google things while i podcast y'all uh if you're not <laughs> hi- if you're not hip to that uh that's how things happen around here but yeah it's just this tiny little cap that pops off the side and an adapter plugs mm-hmm. in that's incredible
1: yeah and you know it and it's we make it accessible right so it's 8.99 um yeah <laughs> buyers today no it's it's i mean it's 100, it's <laughs> Because and that one comes not, with a case. It's not wood, but yeah, it comes with a. It comes with like an ATA molded. It, it looks like yeah. something you would put like a you know, uh, a pistol in to go take it on. A, yeah, I guess you can take those on plane. They have to be checked or something like that. I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, I have no bag, idea. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks like one of those like injection molded, like TSA style cases. So, um, but yeah, it's it's like nine hundred bucks, you know. And and what's what's a four fourteen go for these days? And I I love AKG mics. Uh, the guy I play with, um my friend jeff we play in a in a duo together and he's had a 414 xls uh, no i'm sorry the xl2 the one with has the the c12 style capsule it's a great mic it oh, sounds yeah. really really good um, it also comes with the shock mount also comes with the case but it's like yeah 12 or 1300 dollars i think yeah, for like twelve seventy-nine. yeah right so it's a great mic but this is f- less expensive and it can do way more and the nice thing is we don't sell them as a matched pair because any two you buy are a matched pair so you don't yeah. have to drop if you if
0: 2, you want a match pair bucks. of AKG four fourteens, you're gonna pay a premium uh twenty seven forty mm-hmm.
1: for yeah. a match pair. And if you buy one tomorrow, one of ours tomorrow, you buy another one three years from now. <laughs> it's the, you know well, it's, it's, it's the same. good to know that if I want a second yeah.
0: one of these, I can get a second one to match pair. And uh I bet these would make
1: really good overheads too.
0: Yeah, so um, about
1: things I want to do with them now. My friend Tony uses a set of these for overheads for a choir. He does a lot of uh, like, he's a front of house engineer, he does a lot of light sound stuff. So he uses a set of four forties for that. And he oh, loves that's it.
0: super cool. Yep.
1: I uh, um, so my my wife expressed
0: interest uh, this this past week i i've i've tried to get her into guitar or bass you know not force her but you know like hey if you ever wanted to play and she she's like picked up guitar for a day started strumming songs and then was like ah, that was fun and then never did it again Like did not care about it. i was like i hate you right now because that took me months when i started learning guitar but she steps. uh what's that <laughs> baby steps yeah exactly well she um She expressed interest in playing drums. And I was like, well, we've got a drum kit. Now, the one thing she has not let me do, and I understand, uh, she has not let me set up the acoustic drum set in the house. She was like, I will deal with all the guitars and all the basses. Uh, The sound of just drums by themselves drives her crazy. So she has not, she's not into it. But I was like, does this mean I get to set up the drums? And then like the first thing I'm thinking now is like, oh, how am I going to mic up the drums? I want to record with the drums. So I'm like, where am I going to put them in the house? Uh, she said, whoa, let's, you know, but if I do, and I'm, let's be honest, listeners, I'm going to set them up, right? We know this, like, there's no question mm-hmm. here. Um, Now I'm thinking, oh, how am I going to mic them? Because I'm going to want to obviously do some recording with the drums and, and get some sounds and see what's going on. So, and I've been using a pair of small diaphragm condensers that I love, that I tell people about all the time. They are, they're PV. And so, you know, there's, that's that instant gut reaction of, Oh God, no. Oh no. There are these PVM two eighties, uh, small diaphragm condensers. And I love those mm-hmm. microphones, but yeah, now I'm thinking I need to grab a second one of these and, and put those up um, and give that a shot. Cause I actually did not before, before this one came in, I did not have a non tube large diaphragm condenser anymore. Um, I've got, I've only got one other condenser and it's a, it's a tube condenser, uh, by bee's knees, uh, microphones Mm -hmm. love, love that company as well. I think they make some really, really cool stuff, but they are very rooted in the traditional style of microphone. They're not really pushing the envelope. They're very warm audio style. Um, but yeah, so that's what I love about. Uh, that's the addictive thing about microphones though. Talking about the match pairs. Like once you get one, you're like, Oh, I need another. I got to try to do this. I got to do this. Now, now my brain is in, I have hoarder brain when it comes to Mm -hmm. music gear. So now I'm like, Oh, I've got all these microphones. I'm going to set up a loop and I'm going to set up my amp and I'm just going to start swapping microphones out and see how they all sound different. And so now this is a terrible, terrible episode for me because I had just gotten to where I'm like, I think I'm done with guitar pedals i don't need any (laughs) guitars i think i'm done with amps good i can stop spending money yeah i'm just about done (laughs) (laughs) now it's microphones
1: yeah no i have some more things i want to buy definitely pedals i mean i i unloaded a ton of pedals in the last couple years but i just got a bonsai bought a new uh, another nobles um and then some other stuff but i got one more amp to go I'm pretty much done with guitars too. So, what, what's the, amp? What's the <clears throat> amp? It's uh, yeah. It's a tr- We're gonna talk about this. Wreck. We gotta. Y- we can. Yes, yes. I. Let's yeah. talk about
0: this, Kyle. Sorry. So, <laughs> Ky- so I'm calling out Kyle for a second, uh, Kyle Patreon supporter. Uh, actually, kind of... Kyle is Kyle is my OG Patreon supporter. He was the first, so he's been he's been with the podcast the longest, uh, and. Kyle and I have gone down the train wreck uh, rabbit hole recently talking about the differences and talking about, we watched Keith's uh, short history of train wreck amps and we've both concluded that Ken Fisher was a lunatic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he, but he was a lunatic that made amazing amps. Like we, who knows if half the things he thinks mattered mattered, but the, the fact of the matter is he made incredible amplifiers. And so, Kyle was thinking about trying to build a train wreck, and then you message me that you're like, "Hey,
1: I just got word that you're getting a train wreck built." Yep, yeah, I was. I finally got a hold of uh, the the guy JM who is making the train wreck branded stuff. You know, he, he knew Ken and the Fisher family for a long yep. time, and he's actually making train wreck. Uh, Train wreck amps. <laughs> it's not licensed. Yeah. It's you know the real deal. it's making a lot you know and they're they're fundamentally the exact same um circuits as as Ken was making. Um <clears throat> I'm actually getting a slightly different one, maybe a little more usable for like modern standards. I'm a player, man. I don't you know like um back to the democratization thing. Uh, I I don't covet <laughs> gear. I don't I, you know I, <clears throat> I like to use the tools I buy. Yes. Um,
0: And I I tell people that my prime directive as a gear buyer is mm -hmm. that I don't own anything I won't play live.
1: Yeah, 100%. Sure. Same here. Yep. Um, Right behind me is a 69 Hummingbird that has been drilled into and had multiple pickups in it because I didn't like the way they sounded live. So, like, oh, wow. Right. I got a bunch of, bunch of nice stuff that has just covered in dings and chips and stuff. And I have two little kids, so a lot of it's from them. But um, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I wanted a train wreck in the worst way. I mean, my it's my favorite Helix setting. Um, you know, I, I've played the Seriatone stuff. I played uh, what's the Fuchs one? I can't remember what it's called. Oh, um, the something forty five Ruby. Is the Ruby? That's it. Yeah. No, it, it, that's the
0: what? Maybe it is. I can't remember.
1: And then, yeah, the serotonin the expression. Um, oh no, Ruby is the two rock one. I played that. I played one of those. There, I mean, there's a lot of good approximations of it. But it's Just like it doesn't. Uh, train have... forty five is the fukes. Train forty five. That's right. And then you have the, um, uh, you know, all the endless clones and the Comet amps, which are basically Ken licensed. And then there was the Z-Rec, which is Doctor Z yeah. and and uh, Ken. From and then they had um. Was I, I came really close to getting a Z-Rack. Me like, too. Real close. Yeah, me too. A few times. And I'm like, yeah. yeah it's. Yeah. And now I'm like, well, now I can get the real deal. And I can actually have yeah. a couple mods done that make it a little more usable for what I'm looking to do. You know, like um, it will take pedals a little bit better. And it's got a more usable EQ and, and that, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So it's, you know, it's like a dream. It's a dream app. And like yeah. I, you know, I don't care if it's oh well, it's not using the NOS, whatever capacitor, <laughs> and like the hand, cold forged in the fires of Mount Doom power transformer, like whatever, dude. <laughs> Who cares? Does it sound good? And is it built well? And and will it last a long time? That's what I care. So about. I, I, I have this. Like, I feel like Ken Fisher
0: and Alexander Dumble were in sort of like the same camp of uh, like hyper obsessed lunatic ant builder. And mm-hmm. I, I say lunatic not as a uh, derogatory term, but as a um, they're just that was their thing. And like they went down some like really intense rabbit holes of what they believed sure. constituted good design. And it's funny to hear the difference between the two of them, though. Because with Ken Fisher, it was all about this part sounds better. And like his ears heard like these micro differences in it's like Eric Johnson and the battery brand in his fuzz face. Whereas like everybody gets all bent out of shape. Oh, it's not the not the right transformer. Well, Alexander Dumble put Music Man Transformers in his Dumble amps. Like he would literally gut Fender and like... Yes, it matters,
1: but I don't know if it matters in the way that you think it matters. Well, it doesn't, right? Like the individual things don't matter, but then you add up the sum of all the parts, right? That's that's the thing, right? And and you know, I think some good side effects of that are you know their attention to detail. You know, if you're if you're if if you obsess over uh, like a silver mica cap that much where it comes from, that means you're putting that same level of attention to detail in everything else that you're doing. And I think that makes a difference because you're less prone to mistakes. You're, you're, you're more careful with your soldering iron. Um, You know, there's stuff that can be said about like, you know, how pedantic does it need to be? But you know, if you're continuously improving your designs, if you can make it better, why wouldn't you? I think as long as you're continuing to put stuff out, iterate all you want, you know, like <laughs> stuff gets better over time, period. It comes back to what we were talking about. You know, we do it in a different way. We don't have people, you know, obsessing over soldering points because everything is automated, but like, you know, right. if we can make something better, why the hell wouldn't we? We do, you know, Lewitt does. Like, you know, we, we've, uh, we, you know, when we come out with a new model, we take the, the things that we learned that we didn't do right or could have done better, before and made them better this time you know we have a new live mic coming out that it's kind of you know epitomizes that um but yeah uh, that's, that's awesome. yeah I maybe mean, I mean, that's another thing we should bring up i would like to bring up anyways you know um we have a lot of studio products but we also have a full line of uh live mics and there's so much to unpack about like you know, how many times can you remake a fifty-seven or a, you know, like w- w- what are you know what? How can you make a condenser mic on stage sound good? You know, they're, they're too oh, sensitive. That, that's so... a big challenge. That's yeah. So let's let's stop there for just a second because
0: the condenser mic live on stage has always been like even when I was in school twenty years ago. Oh god, that hurt to say. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that's been the conversation because obviously we know uh condenser mics they just pick up better detail they get better sound you know i, I won't say better you know dynamic mics have their place but there there's a thing to the condenser sound um and they're so hard to get that on stage because of uh bleed and and volume levels and all that kind of stuff but then i listened to i saw a rig rundown premier guitar actual rig rundown cut trademark you know uh i i People get uh, are weird when I say that. Like they that if you try to call your thing a rig rundown, they're going to tell you that's trademark. That's them. Anyway, neither here, nor there. Um, of Tab Benoit. I don't know how familiar you are with Tab Benoit. Mm-hmm. Um, blues guy out of Louisiana, killer player. He actually apologized at the top of the uh rig rundown because he was like, "This is going to be the shortest rig rundown ever," because he literally plays two guitars. They are both. Uh, thin line tele customs 72 the humbuckers i don't know if, I, I think one's a 71 maybe 72 anyway now here and there he placed two of those into um category five amplifiers and one is essentially a super reverb one's essentially a twin reverb and he runs them both at the same time and that's mm-hmm. his entire rig that's it um, But the thing I found the most interesting was he does not let front of house engineers mic both amps. He has a condenser microphone that he places between the amps. And that's his sound. That's cool. that's I was like, nobody who's doing that. Nobody else is doing that. But he was like, I don't want them trying to mix them to balance them. He said, they sound the way they sound. He's like, I don't want to trust this audio engineer to have to try to, try to balance these sounds because that's not what he, that's not it. That's not his tone. His tone sure. is the way they're set on stage. So he puts one microphone. Uh, I think he actually said he he puts one behind the amp in some clubs um, as well. But I that concept of getting the condenser mic on stage is hard. Yeah. So how have y'all approached it?
1: Well, um, you know, <clears throat> it's it's funny how it, it's hard, but it's really, I mean, i trying to think of how I want to answer this. Um, <laughs> you know, you can tune a capsule to be as sensitive as you want it to be. Um, you can change... Right. It's frequency response. You can change its, you know, input sensitivity. You can shock mount it internally to reduce stuff like handling noise. Um, you know, you can change how wide or how narrow its its polar pattern is, and that's that kind of stuff is great for things like feedback rejection. Um, you know, uh, we make currently make two handheld condensers. Well, we make one and a half. <laughs> uh, I can I'll qualify okay. that in a second. Uh, so we make the MTP. 350 cm which is a handheld condenser very similar um you know, to a lot of the uh in, just in terms of fundamental design you know it's internally shock mounted takes 48 volts um i remember the size of the capsule but it's you know it's it's sensitive it picks up tons of detail it's a great mic i have one um i mainly use a dynamic live but i i've used this mm-hmm. one a few times it's great it sounds really good it's 150 bucks um which is about a hundred dollars cheaper than the most comparable Sure, which is the Beta Eighty Seven A, right? Yeah, it's it sounds great,
0: um, and and even cheaper than the com- comparable Sennheiser, which I think is their E
1: Nine Sixty Five. That sounds about right. I think yeah, the yeah. Nine Sixty Five is, is the Nine Thirty Five is their higher end dynamic. Um, yeah, that's I use <clears throat> I use the Sennheiser Nine Thirty Fives live. Mm-hmm um yeah, they're great love those microphones yeah i used one for years <laughs> um yeah and uh you know there's uh, like i said they, I mean there, there are tons of great mics from you know what people consider competitors to us um and they all do sure. a different thing um and then we have a new mic coming out this is the half because it's not quite out yet it'll be out i think uh gotcha we're releasing in october but it is the replacement for our original high-end uh Handheld, which was about six hundred bucks at the time. The nine the MTPW nine MTP940. I think that was what it was. 940 CM. Um, this is the MTPW950. If you go on Lewitt's website, you can check it out. Um, so this was developed by a front-of-house engineer who happens to be our product manager, and he took everything he could possibly want out of a high performance handheld condenser mic you know, what would the front of house engineers wish list be, you know, super sensitive, um, you know, capture every detail, great feedback rejection. You can put it in front of one of those. And I, so I, I have a, um, I, one of those like portable line arrays, you know, the sticks, right. Not the Bose oh, one. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like the Bose cell one. Uh, I, I use, um, I have one of those, uh, RCF branded ones, which are great. It's, um, it's phenomenal. It sounds really good. It's like a th- I mean it's they say it's a thousand watts. It's you know, that's what the amp can make. Wattage on wattage PA speakers is never never accurate. But uh it sounds really good. Um and I, I've I borrowed a uh prototype just to basically stress test it because I play a lot of gigs. Man, it sound it was the best sounding mic I've ever heard live. Like I've never sounded that good. Wow! It was I was really impressed. Um, and it's shock mounted to hell. Like I mean, you can if you open up the top (laughs) of the grill, you can wiggle the thing around. It has like a big rubber, like it looks like a camera aperture. you, You can move it around. Um, it has a like a convex grill to the capsule. So if you unscrew like the actual main grill there's like another little grill inside and it's convex and it, it's uh hydrophobic because uh, you know using a handheld mic live and you have it up against your face uh you right. know all night long it gets exposed to a ton of moisture and that can cause anything from shorts to like corrosion so this is hydrophobic and it won't you know moisture won't pool there and it will just extend the life of the microphone and you know continue to capture all that like high-end definition and and nuance of, of voice. Um, it also has, uh, you can change the super, I think it's super cardioid to cardioid or, yeah, no, it's it's cardioid to super cardioid. You can change the polar pattern. You can pad it. There's a little pad inside. Like if you unscrew the top of the grill, there's little switches inside you can change. And then what's really cool is you can actually remove the entire capsule and put it on top of any, I think it's the, the, the Shure style, uh, wireless threading, and you can get an adapter oh. to make it fit a Sennheiser wireless system. So, if you want to use your existing wireless with one of our capsules, you can do that. It's really cool. Um, oh, that is wild. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, <clears throat> you know, that basically, I mean, is it has competition in that price point. I think it's where I think we're going to sell it for about 800 bucks. Um, but, you know, you have the short KSM 9, KSM 11. The Neumann KMS 184, I think. There are a lot of mics out there. I can't remember all the names. Yeah, it's but. a lot of numbers too. I was sitting yeah.
0: here. Actually, when you were you were trying to come up with the model numbers, I was like, God, we have thrown out so many model numbers
1: yeah. on this episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just gonna start, I can start making shit up. <laughs> yeah, can, exactly. <laughs> you'll never know. It'll be fun. Um, the the well, the shore is the KSM, the Neumann is the KMS. We have the MTP, so you at least know it's a little bit. Um, (laughs) So yeah, it's, that's our, our new flagship. Um, And it's going to be on a bunch of tours. We've been beta testing it with a bunch of front of house engineers. Now people who are using it on tour and it's gotten really, really good reception so far. So I think this is kind of a, a big moment for us um, when this comes out, you know, you'll see, I'm sure you'll see a lot of summer tours next year uh, with these on riders. So it's really cool. It's really great to see. Oh, that's awesome. And you know, our, our, even our like live dynamic mics are awesome. Like, you know, my go-to, the number one handheld mic, which and I play guitar when I sing, so it's always on a stand. So it's handheld yeah. in theory, <laughs> stand held in practice. <laughs> um, it's the MTP five fifty DM. And it's like a hundred and thirty bucks. And um, you know, it's spec' better than a lot of the competition, um, or than any of the competition really, uh, because we don't have the same brand recognition in the U S like Shure or Sennheiser. So, you know, how do we, how do we show up? Well, you know, we make stuff to the best we possibly can. And a lot of the time, the spec is better. Um, and we don't, we don't charge the same kind of prices. So it, you know, you're really getting super good quality stuff for, for, you know, either the same or less money. Um, and we have a, we have a dynamic instrument mic, the MTP 440 DM, which I think I'll, I'll have you check out. It's really, really good. Um, you know I use one of those too. It's easy to get <laughs> for me. I haven't had too many problems. Yeah, getting yeah. Or mics. So I don't know why. Uh, must be lucky. You know, a guy, that's yeah. just what I tell people. Yeah, I, I know got a guy. guy. He's me. Uh, but yeah, it's. <laughs> if you, well, if you, you know,
0: that's, that's another thing. That's another thing worth talking about that I, I, I meant to mention earlier when we were talking about the comparison game. Um, there's also the the pricing of those companies, the Neumanns, the Shores, the even the Sennheisers, um, especially folks like Royer. Um, they're they're pricing at a name as well. You know, they've got this, they've got the baggage of a company that's been around and expected to be a certain thing, that there's going to be a price tag that comes with that name because and I tell, I've, I've had this conversation with a couple of pedal manufacturers and a couple of people in other industries, not, not necessarily musical instruments, but uh, who want to, they're, they're trying to start at this business selling this thing and they give me their price. Uh, I especially had this in, in food, but it's in some other industries where they'll like, tell me their price. And I'm like, well, how much, does it cost you to make? And they'll tell me that. And I'm like, well, how much time does it take you to make? And they'll tell me that. And I'll be like, okay, let's we do the math. And I'm like, here's the price you should be selling this for. Oh, well, I, I don't have a name. I don't have this recognition. I don't have. Yeah. But if you start here, you will be seen as cheap and people will overlook you. Sure. Like if you're making a quality product, you need a price at a quality price. Now, um, and and Lewitt has microphones at a lot of different price points. Sure. And actually, I, mean, I think it's really impressive for a new company the the array of microphones that y'all already have. I don't know how old Lewitt actually is because, like you said, they're st- still kind of new coming to the U.S. How old he, is Lewitt as a company?
1: Oh, it's about three hundred and forty. I'm
0: just kidding. i started in two thousand nine. Um, so we we were making microphones out of out of animal skins. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Our original
1: <laughs> our original capsule was was elk hide. No, um, it, it, Lewitt <laughs> was founded in two thousand nine, and I think they, um, uh, you know, they really took off in the last few years. Uh, I mean, they made some great products, and they were carried in in you know stores in the U.S. There was distribution. So for, I mean, at least yeah. since two thousand eleven, I think was when they were first in the U.S. I, uh, if our CEO is listening, Roman, I'm sorry, I don't remember, <laughs> I don't quite remember, but I was <laughs> I was like twenty six at the time, so. Don't, don't hold it against me, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, we we went from um, you know very 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 small, very niche, um, you know, because like how many everyone knows one microphone company in Austria, and they're no longer there. AKG, right? You know, they're they're um, you know they're owned by Harmon, which in turn is owned by Samsung. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the time, this was we were the the new new kid on the block, and and uh, our founder uh, and. Still, current CEO Roman, um, he came from AKG. He was an engineer there, um, and he okay. wanted to do something that was, you know, different. And you know, this was uh, a you know a, a dream he had to, to to that you know, not everything that could be done with microphones has been done yet. And he was right, uh, which is great for me because <laughs> I have a job because of that. But um, yeah, I mean, there's some there's some great stuff uh, that you know, and it still comes. You know, we're coming out with three new products this year that that handheld I was telling you about and some mm-hmm. some other stuff that uh, we'll be announcing uh, some of uh, later this month at the end of this month April, or August 30th so keep your keep your eyes and ears open for that one uh, Lou will be announcing something on the 30th of this month I think and then oh, um, something quite a bit different uh, later in, in the beginning of, uh, Q4 in in October. So anyway, there's lots of fun stuff coming out. Um, but you know, they're still trying to push the boundaries of, you know, what mics can do and doing, um, really innovative things still. So, uh, but yeah, since 2009 and, um, where are we going with this? Sorry, oh, I was just basically talking about how y'all have got a
0: whole lot in a in a short period of time, and you don't have the baggage of having to be this thing uh, because because there's baggage. Gibson deals with
1: the baggage all the time, you know. Sure, well, we don't, we don't have a Gibson. heritage to to be drawn against on us, right? Right, and and we have a big name in lots of places, so we're feature, we're we're sold in over uh, I think it was 170 countries or something like that. Where, yeah, you, know, you can buy a Lewitt product. You know, in all pretty much all the Americas and then, well, I mean, all the countries in the Americas, there's only two or three if you count Central America. But yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> you can buy a mic in Canada, you can buy a Lewitt mic in the U.S., you can buy one in yeah. Brazil. Uh, Lewitt Bolivia is quite active in on Instagram. Oh, that's awesome. Which is interesting. <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, <laughs> we have a distributor down there who does a great job with marketing, um, you know, all through Europe and. Um, in China, it's a huge market for us. We sell a lot of our microphones in China, um, you know, and, and uh, it's very, very common. You'll see tons of of stuff coming um, from, you know, their, their streaming and social media channels. Uh, it, it's a really popular mic for streaming. Um, and, you know, uh, we've shipped and sold over a million products. And wow. just in the last few years, which was which, when I found that out, blew my mind, you know that's a lot of product, you know, that is a lot of product.
0: And I'm just being really honest. That was a lot more than I expected. I knew you, I knew it was a worldwide thing. And when I say the baggage of a a bigger company, Mm -hmm. I mean more of the, um, you know, like Gibson has to deal with the fact, okay, when I, I, I got a tour of Gibson garage with, uh, Ryan from Sixty Cycle Hum Mm -hmm. and Mark Agnese showing us around, and he's talking about bursts in particular because obviously everyone wants to talk about bursts when you talk Gibson. And he was talking about how they were doing uh, these 3D laser modeling of the bursts that they have. Mm -hmm. You know, they've they've bought a few back and they have a few. And at first, I was like, "Oh, obviously for like you know historic reissues and things like that." He said, "Well, no." He said, "We've got about." 80 something great scans for dimensions of the guitar, weight of guitar. You know what I mean? All those things like a headstock has to be cut just like this. He said, now we're scanning for things like getting the right font on the treble bass ring around mm-hmm. the pickup selector. He said, because people get mad if the, uh, you know, the font is slightly incorrect. Uh, I say incorrect. You know what I mean? Cause it changed yeah. over the years, but oh yeah, it's that level of the expectations and the price point that comes with living up to those expectations. And I really appreciate what Lewis doing. And, and now that I, the, this is what I was going to mention. I wanted to mention earlier and we're nearing the end. So I'm going to sneak this in before we go over <laughs> to the Patreon episode. Sure. Um, uh, y'all also, um, I, I've noticed it recently uh, cause you know, getting ready for, for this episode, I tried to do some, some, I try to be a good podcaster and do some research, you know, figure I appreciate out some that. Things. uh, yeah, I've done a bad job. It's fine. <laughs> it's great. But, um, <laughs> on social media, Lewitt puts out a lot of really interesting and helpful, uh, like studio tip videos and micing videos and things, you know, I, I like that you're not just out there to sell the product. You're out there there there's a separate it, education feels like such a strong word um sure you know it's not like a formalized education but there's this helping creators create atmosphere with lewitt that i really have i've gotten to love in the last couple of months is that i've really been digging in uh is is that like an active obviously it's active but is that like a core uh, oh 100 of the company
1: Yeah. I mean, gatekeeping serves nobody other than somebody wanting to be selfish with their, you know, with their egos and and withholding information. It's it's super lame, right? Um, Yeah. You're not helping people get better. You're not driving the craft of recording any further by withholding information or, you know, like lording some kind of dark art knowledge of like mastering or something over somebody said that it, it helps nobody. Um, and, you know, sharing a knowledge base with people who know what they're doing only makes for better recordings for everybody. Right. Yeah. Um, Maria, who is often the subject of our uh, videos that are made in Vienna. She's fantastic. She runs our social media uh, accounts. Um, and yeah, she, I mean, she's, she went to SAE, the, the the audio engineering school they're they're all over the world um, but yeah. yeah she's she's awesome she totally knows uh, way more than I could ever hope to learn and you know oh no
0: she's definitely got her chops together from everything yeah. I've watched I've there's a couple that I watched and I just went I had no idea oh yeah no if I like have questions that, I that ask that her. was how you do this
1: yeah hundred percent yeah and and if there's something I don't know about audio engineering she's the first person I think of to ask right. Um, and then there's Brian who's on my team um he's based in the boston area and he he's at my channel marketing manager i mean he's the guy who helps us get uh promos together for like sweetwater or you know we'll put together video or you know image assets for like vintage king um and he does yeah. really amazing content um and he freelances for isotope and he used to work there when i used to work there so that's how we knew each other um his his video content's also very very good um, and I, I like the fact that we have, um, you know, we have some pretty like unique and distinctive flavors of our content. You know, the stuff that comes from our, you know, v headquarters is it's really quirky and fun and it's engaging and it kind of holds your attention. You know, taking yourself too seriously is pretty lame and they're, they do a really good job <laughs> yes. of having fun with it. You know, like I, I, a lot of the time I'll watch a video that um you know maria and her 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 team my team (laughs) in vienna did uh and you know i've i've chuckled a few times and i've learned something that's awesome (laughs) you know when i can actually when i can get some you, you know useful or insightful information and do it while laughing that's pretty rare you know um and then you know brian is you know super um He's super informative and he explains stuff in a way that doesn't sound like he's talking down to you, even though he knows way more than I'll ever know. Um, You know, I think that our, our content game is pretty strong and it can continue to get better. And we are planning on expanding our, our, you know, our, our, uh, knowledge base or, you know, our our blog and our, our video resources to, you know, cover more topics than just like microphones. And you, you've seen that happen. Um, especially this year, like we've, we've branched out into like, you know, um, just, you know, how, 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 what were some of the best ways to distribute your music for free? Like, you know, You're do right. we want to use United Masters and they take a cut or something like that? Like, um, uh, one of my other marketing managers, Will, is doing a really comprehensive blog post about this. So there's like all sorts of stuff that we're, we're really digging into, like how to tune a room properly or, you know, how to make the best of your recording space or talk about signal chain with outboard gear. So we, we want people who follow Lewitt, um, you know, even if you're not a customer, we want we still want to help you get the best possible sound. And and one of the core tenets, and like one of our, you know, like uh, what's the what's the um, one of our you know core beliefs is that great sounds for everybody. And they yeah. actually, you know, and and I'm really proud to work for a company that actually kind of lives that. You know, it's not just yeah, it's not just it's like some empty, meaningless gesture. Like they, uh, everybody from you know, me and my team in the U.S. to all the people in Vienna. Uh, we do everything with a purpose that um, we just want to make you sound better. You know, whether you're using a Lewitt mic or you're doing mastering or you want to get just the best possible uh, service to distribute your your masters, you know? Yeah.
0: No, that's awesome. And that is that's how you build community. And that's sure. how you, you know... Uh, whether you're a customer or not, and I, I love companies that do that. Um, they're, they're the companies I want to work with, and I get excited about hearing what they're doing uh, because they're 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 interested in the art, maybe even a little more than the gear. Obviously, they're a company that needs to make money. We're not going to pretend <laughs> they're not. I mean, Louis Lew Louis is a company that is in business to make great microphones and make money doing it because people got to eat, right? Um, sure. But also you want to build that community and build the, the creation of art. And I, I love that. That's a that's a, a big belief of mine. It's the reason um, even when I have people from companies uh, on this show, we talk more about the, the industry and about, you know, uh, us as people and the stories we make, because that's that's who makes music. Gear doesn't make the music. People make the music. Where the the gear is there to help them, and and I like companies that embrace that philosophy. That it isn't just about me convincing you to buy X, Y, Z that I sell. It's me helping you do what you do, and such yeah. a it's such a beautiful way to do it,
1: and I love it. Well, you know, we 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 want to serve our customers, but we want to serve the community as a whole, right? And and it, hopefully, you know, if you if you own a Lewitt microphone. And, you know, you're looking on, how, you know, looking up how to, how to get your music out there, you know, it would be great if one of the first places you want to go look was our blog. You know, that would be, right. that would be an amazing feeling for me, knowing that somebody who, uh, who's familiar with our brand looks to us as a, uh, as a resource for that. And it would make me feel even better as somebody who, uh, if somebody who never owned a Lewitt before did the same thing. And then maybe hopefully, when they you know were in the market for a new microphone, we were their first choice because they trust us enough to uh, kind of help steer them in the right direction along their their journey on recording knowledge. You know, it's it's important to me personally uh, and professionally, obviously, because yeah, you know, uh, I I work for a microphone company, but um, <laughs> you know, I feel I feel good about what we do every day. And you know, in some other jobs I've had in the past, that there have been times where i haven't felt great you know like going to bed sure <laughs> at night i'm just like Ugh. you know i have to kind of spin that I'm pretty i haven't i haven't experienced that here and i i don't think i ever will which is great that's awesome i love it
0: well we're gonna wrap this episode up we're gonna go over to the patreon episode uh patreon supporters thank you for your support you literally make this show happen uh gonna call y'all out uh uh And uh, thank you for your support. And if you want me to say your name at the end of episodes, you should also become a Patreon supporter by going over to patreon.com slash 40 watt podcast. That is slash four zero. The numbers, not the word. I didn't think that out. My apologies. (laughs) Um, So patreon.com slash 40 watt podcast. You can support the show just like my Patreon supporters, Andy Koenig. David Ishizaka, Jeffrey Walks, Jim Burns, Kyle Benton, Kyle Harris, Rick Calhoun, Scott Hamilton, and Tom Kelly, all at the medium wattage level, um, and at the ten dollar level, Ben Fair and Heath Bat. Thank you all for your support. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, um, uh, Dan, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. And oh, thanks um, so much for having me. Man, I'm so glad to have you on. Actually, hold on. I, I need to do a thing. Um sure. uh, Patreon supporters. I, I keep meaning to I normally do this. I'm gonna back up because I, you know, I make mistakes. Uh on that list of Patreon supporters, that is David Ishizaka of the Timber Owls, that is uh Rick Calhoun of Honey Picks, Scott Hamilton of the Effects Loop Podcast, and that is Ben Fair of Electromotive Sound Company Pedals. Uh, I like to make sure to shout out the the companies that folks are from so that you can go patronize them since they patronize me. And uh, that's just how this works. It's a lot of give and take there. In the meantime, y'all, we're going to wrap up. I'm going to quit talking. Otherwise, I'll just keep going and not have anything left for the Patreon episode. So uh, y'all be good to yourselves. Be kind to each other and make some noise. This episode is brought to you by the supporters of 40 Watt Podcast over on Patreon. Go over to patreon.com slash 40 Watt Podcast, where for as little as $3 per month, you can help support the podcast and get every episode ad free. For $5 a month, you'll get every episode ad free as well as a bonus episode every week. I can't overstate how thankful I am for the support of my patrons and hope you'll consider joining the team and helping keep this show on the road.